Welcome to the Church Fam Podcast, presented to you by Highland College Ministry in Waco, Texas. My name is Drew Humphrey, and I'm the college pastor here at Highland. If you like this podcast and want to keep up with us, go ahead and hit subscribe or follow so that these episodes can be delivered directly to your phone each week. We've got a great episode planned today, so let's jump right in. My name is Drew Humphrey. If, we, if you didn't uh, see me up here with my family earlier, I have a, the privilege of serving as the college minister here at Highland. And uh, I just want to say, you know, thank you for, you know, bearing with us in some of the chaotic times. Like when I'm like, hey, I'm going to bring my four kids up here, you know, and try to lead this family moment and, and kick it off, you know, or, you know, even just this idea of the tables, it's a little counterintuitive. It's a little chaotic, but I want you to know that, that the reason that we do this is because we just want to be us. We just want to be ourselves, even if it, if it provides a little bit of chaos in the logistics and something that's very valuable to us, and I realize a lot of you aren't at tables, and that's okay. You can still accomplish this tonight. But the reason that the, that the focus tonight is going to be discussion amongst each other is because we are, as I said at the beginning, a church family. And church families, you know, don't just listen to somebody talk, but, but we want to grow in our faith. We want you guys to engage with some of these topics and be able to open the Bible for yourself. And so everyone at your tables hopefully has a table leader. And, and the way you can know is they're, they're wearing that table leader lanyard. And, uh, and so make sure that, you know, one of those people is probably one of our small group leaders here. You'll hear more about that later, but they're kind of going to help to guide the discussion, which we're going to get to very quickly. You've probably seen if you're on Instagram and following us, or if you've looked around the room as you walked in, that there's this theme of house of prayer that we are going to lean into tonight, the house of prayer. Isaiah 56, 7, you don't have to turn there, it'll be on the screens, but just to open us tonight, Isaiah 56, 7, the Old Testament says this, that I will bring, to the, I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem, and I will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their burnt offerings, their sacrifices, because here's the key phrase, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. You know, if you, if you walked in or if you even look around the room right now, along the whole wall, you're going to see a bunch of flags. There's about 40, 42 of them. And, and something you need to know about Highland, because I know not a, a lot of you are new here, is that there are over 40 nations represented in our church membership. So not just people who come here, but people who have said, I want to be a member of this church. Over 40 you know, nations are represented in our membership. That's what those flags mean. I know sometimes you're like, what is this flag? Is this like a mission trip thing? Is this like every flag in the world? I don't even know how many flags there are in the world. This is 42 that represent us. But the Bible says in the Old Testament, it's saying right here that my house, the temple, the church that you're in, the church family that you're kind of here tonight with will be called a house of prayer, a house of prayer for all nations. This is in the Old Testament that God's temple would be called the house of prayer. How about this? It's in the New Testament. Again, it's repeated, not just in the Old Testament, but the New Testament, that God's church, God's temple would be called a house of prayer. In fact, Jesus himself is the one who calls it as house of prayer. Jesus gets so angry in the temple when it's not being treated as a house of prayer that he flips the tables over. You might, might remember that story if you've read your Bible or read in the Gospels, that story of Jesus being so frustrated Outwardly showing frustration. One of the only times, if not the only time, that he did that because his house was not being called a house of prayer. The Old Testament, the New Testament, and then even in the early church, that, that very beginning, like after Jesus has died, resurrected, ascended, the Holy Spirit has come, and here we are in that era, right, where, where we're in this church era of the faith. And look at this, it's gonna be on the screens, and, it, and it's just uh, about 20 different times in the book of Acts, you're gonna see it, all these different kind of things. This is kind of a ratchet slide, I know. That's like literally like, you know, not the cool, all the calm majors 
and PR majors are like twitching right now. Like, Drew, why would you make it like that? But there's so many. Uh, 20 times in the book of Acts, it, it, it defines what the church did. And you know what it doesn't define? It, it doesn't that often define them singing. It doesn't that often define them preaching. Of course, they were singing and preaching just like we do here at Highland, just like we just did. And like we'll do in the coming years if you decide to join this church. But what they constantly are described as doing is gathering to pray. They were a house of prayer. And y'all, I'm convicted by this. I'm convicted. I've been convicted by this for the last 90 to 100 days of of just conviction has been pouring out in my life of, of does my life personally, like Drew Humphrey's life, Does my life personally, does my church, do the churches that I love and that I support and that I believe in, do we corporately, do we pray like this is true? That God is saying that we are to be called a house of prayer. Are we a house of something else? Am I a house of something else? You should know I'm 31 years old. I know that my hairline feels a little farther out than that, but I'm 31, okay? I know they just, you know, brought the screens back on. Thanks a lot for that switch, okay? So yeah, my hairline. Okay, so I'm 31, which means I'm kind of entering into my 30s, right? And I, I think back, one of the conviction moments for me is that when I think about my 20s, they were not marked by significant prayer. They were marked by significant faith moments, significant ministry moments, but they were not marked by significant prayer. And I would say that I, I, I don't even say that 99% of Christians that I know, and that I would say in this area or in this region, 99% of Christians I know in their 20s do not have a significant nor daily prayer life. And yet God says that we're to be called a house of prayer. I know people in their 20s who, who love missions, who are passionate about evangelism and worship and, and ministry and serving, and, and all of that is good in God's kingdom. But I'm convicted Because Old Testament, New Testament, Jesus, early church, it's not house of missions. It's not house of worship. It's this house of prayer. And I don't want to neglect those things. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying we should do them less. I'm just saying, have we missed the most important thing? Something doesn't add up and we're missing it. I recently heard someone say it like this. When it comes down to it, the owner of the house gets to name the house. The owner of the house gets to name the house. And so I want to begin this talk and these discussions around the tables. And I want to say something out loud right now, uh, saying this, that, that we're just not living as a house of prayer because I'm saying it out loud, but I would bet that your soul, if you're a believer, has been crying out inwardly. Like I'm missing something. I need a deeper relationship, a daily significant time with the Lord. And I don't know how, or every time I try, it's just, you know, ineffective. We're thirsty for a more significant prayer life. We must be willing tonight, though, and in our lives to change everything and anything tonight, to let the Holy Spirit convict us, to let the Holy Spirit help us to recalibrate our lives, our schedules, our churches, our mornings, to be worthy of this title, House of Prayer. And so we're about to go into this discussion time. We're going to have about seven or eight minutes around your tables. And I'm going to give you a few instructions as we go into this. And uh, the first thing is that if you're new here um, and you're at one of these tables, you're going to see a brown card right there that's sitting on your table. It says connect. And if you're seated in the back that's not at a table, we're going to have teams that distribute these as well. And so you can see one of those pass by. If you're new here, I would ask that you would fill that out. If you're, there, there should be some pins in the back of those seat backs for those in the back of the room. And there are pins at the tables. While we're having this discussion time right here, 
fill that out and just leave it on the table for us. We wanna connect with you, text you, not often, don't worry, but just every now and then, how are you doing? Can we pray for you? Do you have any questions about Highland? So fill that out. And then table leaders, uh, the questions, we're gonna have three questions. They're gonna be on the screens. We don't have the questions on the tables uh, tonight. So if you're at the tables, you can look at the screens, table leaders. And hey, I'm gonna challenge you, if you're not at a table tonight, to huddle up with one, two, three or four people and discuss these questions together, okay? And as we do that, we're gonna try to get people into tables as well. And so if you have some open seats, there may be some people who join you, but we're gonna give you about seven or eight minutes right now to do that. So table leaders take over, people in the back, just huddle up and start to begin to discuss, discuss these questions. Hey church fam, at this point in college night, Drew asked the college students to pause and consider discussion questions. I'm going to list them off for you now. Question one, God has nicknamed his house, the house of prayer. What comes to mind when you hear the phrase, the owner of the house gets to name the house? Question two, God said the temple is called the house of prayer, but we find out this is not just about a building when we read 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Read that as a group and discuss how this applies to prayer. Question three, what has your prayer life looked like so far in your life? Feel free to be honest here. Everyone in this room has room to grow.
about 60 seconds left one minute left wrap up where you are one minute The good news is we have another discussion time coming up. So if you didn't get to finish, if you're right in the middle of a great conversation, that time will continue here in just a little bit. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter two. Proverbs, if you're new to the Bible, uh, is right in the middle of the Bible. You'll find the book of Psalms. It's that really big one right in the middle, book of Psalms. Go one book to the right. That's the book of Proverbs. We're in Proverbs chapter two. Uh, tonight, I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation, NLT. It'll be on the screens. It'll also, obviously, if you want to uh, switch your devices over to NLT, that'll be what we're doing. But I know you may have a different version, and that's okay. That'll give us some different perspectives along the way. Proverbs chapter 2. You can leave that open really the whole night. We're going to be there in the Word the entire night. You know, many sermons or, or pleas for prayer, right? The, these moments where someone's 
teaching about prayer or preaching, they're, they're built around, you, a lot of times they're built around statements like this, like that we won't see revival in the world around us without first a revival of prayer in our own hearts. And I want to say and affirm that's true. That until, we, you know, if, we, if we're praying for our campus, our nation, our world, whatever it is, if we don't first draw a circle around ourselves and say, you know, I want to see revival in my life first, relationship, prayer revival, you know, then, then we won't see it elsewhere. But that kind of teaching, again, it's true and important. And again, nearly every spiritual revival, breakthrough, heaven opening up, supernatural happening. I mean, these things that happen over the course of history, even in the, in the past hundreds of years, you can read about them. Every one of these big supernatural events before they happened, there was intentional, long-standing foundation of prayer laid long before this boom of the Spirit happened. Okay, but I'm not aiming tonight for such big ends. My, my goal tonight is not to say this is what we're aiming towards, is this big boom of the Spirit amongst us. Of course, that's what we want. But, but for me, I, I think that can sometimes place too big of a carrot in front of us, which again, isn't bad, but I want to say it's not the goal tonight. Today, tonight, I want to narrow our focus off of the big and onto the small of your life. Don't just create this carrot of like, if I can accomplish this every day in my life, then these bigger things will happen. I want to, to focus on the small of my life, my seemingly insignificant moments with God every single day. It's in those small, repeated, familiar, daily moments of intimate relationship with God, with prayer, that over years, will produce a lifetime of, of boom instead of a, a moment where we're just praying that it would happen, that it would happen, but instead it's those daily rhythms of relationship. So to, as I said, if you haven't already, we're gonna be in Proverbs chapter two. You can turn there. Let's read the first four verses together as we think about this in my life, just my circle. My child, listen to what I say. Treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom. Concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them, all those things, insight, understanding, wisdom. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek for them like hidden treasures. Let's stop there. The first thing that I wanna just highlight for you this evening, if you're taking notes, or if you're just thinking about things in your head, I, I would ask you to write this down or think about this. Significant daily prayer happens on purpose. Significant daily prayer happens on purpose. If you, if you still have your Bible open, you, you can look back at those verses again. How many of these phrases that require intention and action on, on my part? Not this supernatural camp high of the spirit or something like that from God, but something that happens on purpose, intentionally with action. Verse one says, listen. Verse one says, treasure. Verse two says, tune your ear. Verse two says, concentrate. Verse three says, cry out. Verse three says, ask for understanding. Verse four says, search. Verse four says, seek. It doesn't happen on accident. It happens on purpose, with intention, with action on our part. So for me, this, this three-word phrase, significant daily prayer, has been something that, that has been just marking my life. And I've been just soaking in this idea of not just a prayer life, but a prayer life that, that is marked by significance and is daily. These two adjectives before the word prayer, significant daily prayer. You and I, we will not stumble into significance and daily as it relates to prayer. You will find it and I will find it on purpose or we will not find it at all. That's not just Drew telling you, that's what the word of God says, that we have this active participation on purpose. An example of this kind of in the natural world would be marriage. 
you know, know that, you know, if you're in a relationship, especially marriage, I know most of you probably aren't married in this room, but even if you're in a serious relationship, that drifting apart can happen on accident. Drifting apart can happen on accident, but growing closer in a marriage always happens on purpose. It's always something with intention, with action, with a plan. Growing closer in marriage always happens on purpose. And I bring up marriage when talking about prayer because there's nothing more important in your life than a relationship with God. A real significant relationship with God. And you might accidentally drift away from that relationship, but growing closer to God will always happen on purpose. You will not grow closer to God in college, in your 20s, in your 30s, in your life. You will not grow closer to God on accident. It'll happen on purpose. An active prayer life is is one of the best indicators that you do have a strong relationship with God. This active prayer life, this, this daily significant relationship or prayer with God is, is, a, is a great indicator that you have a strong relationship with God. And here's why. Because basically, if you think about it, all other norms in the Christian faith, all the things that we do as Christians, like the weird Christian things, you know, if you're not a Christian here tonight, you're like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? You know, all of those things, you can have reasons to partake in them that are beyond just the supernatural relationship that you have with God. So let me explain this to you. So what I mean is like, you can love worship, right? You could love worship because of a relationship with God, but you also could have like a self-focused reason that you love worship. You love to sing. You think that other people love for you to sing, you know, or whatever. Uh, The youth minister gave you a microphone because, you know, you can sing or because they had no one else, right? So there's, there's a selfish reason in that sometimes. Uh, You can love the Bible because it's rich in wisdom, because it wows you with the history and and with all the cross-references. You can love the church. You can love ministry because you find a purpose, because you find a community there that has nothing to do with a relationship with God. This happens all the time, and I'm telling you, for you Baylor students, it happens all the time at Baylor. People who have a relationship with worship They have a relationship with the Bible. They have a relationship with church or church people, but there's no real relationship with God. And and the best part about prayer, daily significant prayer, is that you will only truly love prayer if you truly believe and have a supernatural real relationship with God. All these other relation, all these other examples I gave about worship or, or the word or, or a church, they don't require that. But prayer requires that because it's like, what do I really get from it besides just sitting in quietness and stillness before the Lord? Of course, we, we see fruits from it. Of course, we see prayers answered. But in that moment, there's, there's nothing self-focused about it, only relationship with God. Gregory Frizzell says this, that no one's relationship with God will rise above their level of praying. No one's relationship with God will rise above the level of their praying. Your relationship with church, the Bible, community of Christians, it might rise, but the relationship with God requires a significant prayer life to thrive and to grow. Go back and look at verse two and verse four again with me. It says this, tune your ear, concentrate, search, seek. Here's the truth about about us, about my life, something I'm working on is that most of us don't know how to have a, a capital Q quiet time. You know what they grew up saying, I gotta have my quiet time today, you know, read my Bible, pray, do that Christian lingo thing, the capital Q. Most of us don't know how to have a capital Q quiet time because we have no idea how to have that lowercase Q quiet time. Quiet time in our life. 
even in the natural, much less the supernatural with the capital Q quiet time. We need these moments in our life. We're always on the go. The podcast that you listen to, it's on 1.5 speed, or if you're a, a lunatic, it's on 2x speed, right? You know, social media, the second you get to class five minutes early, that one time you're, you're going to social media, you're not thinking or about what's going on. When you're in the grocery store line, you're on social media. I am too. We're multitasking constantly. We're doing the next thing. We wake up, we go. We never stop. We're always going. We're in these, these never-ending uh, in, infinity pools of social media where it's just you could literally scroll down some of these feeds infinitely. There's zero time to think. There's zero time to reflect. There's zero time to be quiet even before you get to the supernatural of prayer, even before you get to the supernatural of relationship with God. But a relationship requires time invested and we have been fooled by busyness, by full schedules, by multitasking, by these infinite pools of, of scrolling on our iPhones or on our smartphones. Our prayer life must include times of quietness so that we can talk to God and so that we can stop talking and we can listen to God. But, but a lot of this happens long before we get to the capital Q, we have to deal with a lowercase Q. So I wanna tell you to fight for quiet in your life this year, fight for prayer, fight for relationship, but it starts with fighting for stillness, fighting for quiet. My suggestion to you is wake up one hour earlier or 30 minutes earlier than you normally do. Just commit to it, I'm gonna do it. And I'm gonna wake up one hour earlier, I'm gonna begin my day with God. A college minister that's been kind of all over uh, the, the West Coast named Solomon Rexus says this, we wake up to a smiling God. We wake up to a smiling God. That's why there's this little, you know, nice or creepy smiling sun in the middle of this logo, right? It's this idea that every day when the sun rises that morning that we wake up to a smiling God who smiles upon his creation, who smiles upon his children, who smiles upon you and me. And if, you know, you'll see the logo. I mean, we're selling shirts tonight. We're, we're giving you the free stickers. If you're at a table, you see one of those stickers, you can take one of those little white circle stickers and, and put that somewhere. When you see that, think about that, that you wake up to a smiling God. Can I challenge us that we need to become a generation of morning conquerors, a generation of people who conquer the morning, to, the, to realign our hearts with this smiling God before we ever begin our days through, through, through all the busyness, through all the chaos that we begin in quietness and stillness and prayer before a smiling God. And by the way, if we wanna be a morning conqueror, then it's a last night decision. We gotta conquer the evening last night before we can conquer the morning and go to bed at the right time and say, I'm gonna spend time with the Lord tomorrow morning. So then what are the results of a life filled with prayer? I'm gonna lead us through and fly us through this last part of this section and we're gonna go to more, more discussion time. So open up your Bibles again, Proverbs chapter two, verses five through 11. What are the results of a life filled with prayer? Thankfully, you don't have to have my words for it. Here's the Bible. Then, important word, all those things that we just talked about, cause and effect. If we do those things, then look at what begins to happen in your life you will understand what it means to fear the Lord. And then you will gain knowledge of God, for the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He's a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and he protects those who are faithful to him. And then you will understand what is right, what is just, what is fair. You'll find the right way to go for wisdom will enter your heart. Knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. 
the cause and effect relationship of if one through four, then five through 11. Briefly, let's just look at these four things together. The first thing is that verse five says that prayer produces deeper understanding in you and me. Prayer produces a deeper understanding in you. That's what verse five said to us. And specifically, it's an understanding. The Bible said, not just understanding about everything or about you know, your, your, your you know, test that's coming up next week or who you're gonna marry. Understanding specifically about something, the fear of the Lord. Your awe of God will increase as you grow closer to him in relationship daily. As you grow closer in relationship with him daily, you will have a greater understanding of your need for God. You'll have a greater understanding of your wow, of your worship before him. And that understanding is continuing to be deepened and deepened as you do this daily significant prayer. And so to say it another way, what you will understand, what you will learn to understand is how inadequate you are in comparison to God. What we start to understand in this fear of God is that it's like compared to God, I would be a fool to do this without him. Verse 10, I just read it, says that this understanding produces joy in us. It's like the kind of joy that goes beyond the circumstances. It's just like, I know my God can carry me through this. I have a joy. I have an understanding. And it's so important to have this understanding because our greatest fight is against pride and self-sufficiency, that I can do it. Daily significant prayer says, no, no, no. I have a greater understanding that I cannot do it. And wow, God can do it in my life. The second thing is that it's God. God is the one who grants wisdom and he does so generously. God grants wisdom. Verse six through seven, God grants us wisdom as we grow closer to his heart, his ways. We hear his voice. But I want to to, to push this verse seven challenge before you. It tells us that God doesn't just grant wisdom to anyone who approaches him. The Bible's consistent all across the Old Testament and New Testament, that, that it's not just wisdom or, or, or anything of anyone who approaches him, but it says, he, he does this in verse seven, to the vulnerable, to, to the honest. And he does this to the pure, to those with integrity. Verse seven said that, that he does it for the honest and the, the, the people with integrity, those with vulnerability and those with purity. So if you're seeking wisdom, seeking deeper relationship with God, honesty and purity must go along with that pursuit. The third thing is that prayer protects you. Verses seven, the second half, and verse eight said, no, this doesn't mean that, that it'll protect you from trials or hurt or persecution or hard times. All Christians will face those things. I've faced those things since I graduated from Baylor 10 years ago. Persecution, hard times, difficult days, depression. What it does mean is that because you're filling your life with understanding about how great God is, though, you're filling your days with wisdom, as we already saw, here's what it protects you from. It protects you from a double pain. See, the first pain is, is the persecution. The first pain is the suffering. The first pain is the struggle. The, the second pain, the double pain, is when we misunderstand God in the midst of the pain. Many times these things come into our life and, and we do something, we blame God for things that are not his fault. It's a double pain. The relationship is harmed, even though God's, God's for us, God's protecting us, God is supporting us, God's maybe even allowing this trouble to happen in our lives so that we might produce something greater in the years ahead. And so our theology and hardship is often heretical. It's a double pain because our theology and hardship, which is guaranteed hardship, 
Many times our theology, our understanding of God is heretical. And so prayer, this wisdom, it protects you from this because you have a daily relationship with God. You're understanding more about him. You're gaining wisdom and you're you're not gonna be, you know, going up against that double pain because when the hardship of life comes, you go, no, I know God. I understand God. I've received his wisdom day after day significantly. And I know what is true. It protects you. And finally, the fourth and final thing is that prayer guides you. Verses nine through 11, prayer guides you. A life without prayer is, is a boat that's without a sail. It's a boat without a rudder, something that's just drifting along wherever the winds of life take you. Sometimes that'll take you into a season of prosperity, but other times that might drift you into seasons of regret and shame. But a life with prayer, the Bible says, guides you as wisdom and understanding increase in your heart, so do wise decisions in your life. But, but wisdom and understanding, they don't download quickly. We want that, you know, hot Wi-Fi where it's like, man, I can just do that download in about six minutes, right? But you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about when it's like, I'm gonna, you know, update my phone or my computer and it's like 14 hours and six minutes, you know, remaining in the upload, you know? And it's like, oh boy, I have a paper due tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. How am I gonna do this, you know? Many times in life, the truth is that wisdom and understanding is not downloaded quickly. And so therefore the path can sometimes feel not as clear. But, But over these days, over this significance of prayer, year after year, year after year, we're downloading understanding, we're downloading wisdom day after day. My good friend, JP over at Harris Creek, he, he recently talked about this. He, he said that uh, he was going to Haiti on a mission trip and he found it interesting that about 60% of the people in, in Haiti were Protestant and about 40% of them were Catholic. So that's about 100% you know, were, were kind of following Jesus. But also it was nearly 100% voodoo. And he asked somebody, he said, why is that? Why would people be, you know, basically 100% of faith in Jesus Christ, but also basically 100% voodoo? And the guy who was there said, because here's why. Because they believe in God, but they just believe he's too slow. And so they partake in, in these things that, that feel quicker, that are faster, that, are, that feel supernatural, but they're a false sense of supernatural. So don't get caught up in all the fast pace of each day, all the the quick new way to grow or to go or whatever you're doing, all the noise of each day that'll pull up in your life. Don't get caught up in that. We must fight for quiet. We must fight for prayer, fight for relationships so that we can grow in understanding, grow in wisdom little by little every single day. So right here, I wanna stop and I just wanna send us to the tables one more time. So uh, table leaders, you can begin uh, leading us through this. If you're in the back of the room again, new questions are gonna be on the screen, three new questions. I'm gonna give us about six or seven minutes this time to discuss these things. So go deep together, go quick uh, into depth and answer these questions. And I'll be back up here to close it out and to close out in worship. Question one, long before you ever had a fruitful prayer life, you must fight for quiet in your life. How is that fight going for you? How can you improve? Question two, relationship with God, not spiritual hype around the church or community is the goal. Earlier it was said that an active prayer life is one of the best indicators for a strong relationship with God. Do you agree? Why or why not? Question three, read Proverbs 2, verse 12, and then verse 16. What does this say you will be saved from if you have an active relationship with God? Why do you think that is?
right, everybody. Let's land this plane. I know that uh, I, I love the sound of those conversations. They always energize me. We'll talk more about how you can get into a weekly small group like this if you want to study the Bible and have deeper conversations about faith, have accountability. We'll do that uh, at the end of tonight. So open up your Bible one more time. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 20. We finished with verse 20, which says this. So follow the steps of the good. Stay on the paths of the righteous. Follow the steps of the good. Stay on the paths of the righteous. I want, I want to just give you this final note here this evening. Don't overlook the age-old basics. Don't overlook the age-old basics. Run those plays, the plays that have worked for generation to generation, that you can go all the way back to the first churches that were defined and marked as houses of prayer. Jesus saying, my house will be called a house of prayer. The Old Testament saying, my house will be called a house of prayer. All the generations since the book of Acts, prayer has led them. Prayer has protected them. One of these paths of righteousness that we can come about is, is this daily significant prayer. You know, what I, what's interesting is I've been thinking more and more about prayer recently is, is when you look at the Bible, it's all over the place. Like when the disciples, when they went to Jesus, they said, Jesus, teach us what? They said, Lord, Jesus, they didn't say, teach us how to cast out, you know, this, or Jesus, you know, go into this and, and teach us how to preach like you do or, or do these crazy miracles. What they said was, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. We're gonna be the leaders, you say. We're gonna be the ones that are doing this thing. Teach us how to pray. So I want to equip you with, with a few things, and this is just going to finish quickly tonight. But uh, if you're at the tables, uh, you, you can see there's a piece of paper on there, and, and it has a couple of things on it. One side um, says the prayer guide for the disciples' prayer, and the other side says a prayer pyramid. And if you're not at the tables, they're going to be passed out right now to you in the back of the room. These are yours to keep. We put our printer through, the, through a workout today, okay? So I want you to use this and wear this thing out. Another way you can find this is by going on our Instagram page. Right there, the little link, you know, button that you can hit, link tree in the top of the bio. You can find it right there. If you want a digital copy, you can go to the college site, a college page on the website. You'll find it there. This is something that can guide you and equip you every single day. G the, the disciples came to Jesus said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And look at this, the disciples' prayer is what this is. If some of you grew up in the church and learned that, that the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? You can see on this page the disciples' prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. There are these six sections. This actually comes from Reuven and Janet Ross, who are our senior adult ministers here at Highland, but they also are just discipleship, you know, for lack of a better word, like wizards. They're just like leading out, and they're just, they're just teaching us so much about discipleship. And they put this together because it's, it's helpful for us. Because what happens is if you pray just three or four minutes, maybe five minutes in each of these sections, you will pray for 30 minutes through this guide. And there's all sorts of scripture references that you can pray scripture through it. I highly encourage you to use this from time to time. On the other side, something called the prayer pyramid. You can see that one. This is, uh, you can read that, that top line with me. Like a food pyramid, we need to make sure that our prayer lives are, are well balanced amongst these types of prayer. We will be naturally drawn to one grouping, but we have to work harder at others. And so, you know, you could spend, you know, again, five minutes in each of these, five or six minutes, you'd spend 30 minutes praying. Praise and thanksgiving, worshiping God, confession of sin, that we would confess sin before God, that, that as the word says, that, that we would say, Lord, search me, O God, see if there's anything wicked in me. Do we give God time to search us? Do we listen to those things? 
Search me, O oh God. The petition, the, the personal request, the personal needs, the personal desires that you put out before the Lord, the intercession, the prayers for others, where we focus on the needs of other people. And then finally, this, this place of listening, listening for God's voice. Do we give God any time to, to speak to us? Or are we just always on the go? Is it always that, that quick fast food prayer? Or do we ever just spend time listening, reflecting, quiet in our lives, pushing away the distractions? Use these. I want to equip you with these. Put them in your Bibles. Use them. Another thing that you can use uh, if you want to go deeper is I'm going to put two books on the screen. You can look at this. You can take a picture. You can message me later, whatever it is. Uh, Forgotten Power uh, and a book called How to Develop a Powerful Prayer Life. Both of these books, one of them is 80 pages and the other one's like 75 pages. Can I get a hallelujah, right? I mean, those are great bite-sized things. Uh, I, you know, In my experience, the best books are the ones that have the worst covers, okay? And so I'm telling you, like these right here are, are, have just transformed my life daily, significantly in prayer. And so, uh, you know, pick those up and, and, and pray about those things. The, and then one final thing I wanna tell you about before we land this and before we close in worship is that we want to equip you with an opportunity to pray. And we're gonna do this every Wednesday morning for the next four Wednesdays. And so this thing is what we're calling it. It's, it's just like this book, it's called Forgotten Power. There's a forgotten power in our life uh, of prayer. We're gonna call this Hour of Prayer on Wednesday mornings, Power Hour, okay? Power Hour. And we're gonna get, it's, it's, it rhymes, it's, you know, it's, it's catchy, right? Power Hour. We're gonna gather on every Wednesday morning, just four Wednesdays, starting tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. And I'll talk more about that later, but, but I want you to know that we wanna equip you. We wanna provide opportunities at the fountain on Baylor Fountain Mall tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., the next four Wednesdays. If you're like, I want to pray, I'm convicted, I need more prayer, I don't know how, I need accountability, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., we will be there in 12 hours and we'll be at the fountain. Or if it's raining, we'll be in Barfield inside the sub, okay? So if it is raining, we'll still be meeting in Barfield at the sub tomorrow morning. We'll be there the next four Four weeks, you can do this personally, you can do this corporately, you can do this, but you can grow in your relationship with God. And I close with this, that relationship with God, not hype around ministry, not hype around Christian friends or a Christian organization or, or Christian serving, none of those things. Relationship with God is the goal. And I wanna tell you, I've been really burdened by this lately because I've had three really close friends of mine Guys who went to Baylor, guys who were CG leaders at Highland, guys who were the chaplain in their fraternity, guys who grew up as pastor's kids. These three guys, they're around my age. One of them has lost his faith altogether. He's not following the Lord anymore. My, one of my best friends, one of them lost his marriage because of falling into a, in, in a lot of sexual sin. And one of them lost his marriage because he fell into substance abuse as he was trying to cope with, with the work-life balance that was so intense on the other side of graduation. And, and what's so sad about it is that as I've reflected with them, as I've prayed for them, as I've considered, I, I realized that, that, that their life had been built around the hype and, and the momentum that this Bible belt can sometimes bring into your life, the church and, and the gathering and the organizations and, and the CG and the chaplain and all that kind of stuff is good, but it's not the goal. The goal is relationship with God. Daily significant prayer is what will keep you because we're not guaranteed that we're gonna always be in a place like this. We're not guaranteed that we're always gonna have these friends that we're gonna have. It's such a blessing. We should, we should love this. We should lean into it, but we should not allow it to become the goal of our lives. Relationship with Jesus daily significant is the goal, nothing else. 
In the end, that kind of relationship with God, with God will keep you because one day the hype will die. You ever wonder why so many old people are prayer warriors? Not a lot of senior adult hype. <laughs> we need that kind, of, that kind of love, that kind of focus, that kind of prayer power in our 20s, not just in our 80s. If we're gonna be a house of prayer. Would you stand with me wherever you are in this room? We're gonna move into a time of response as we finish this night up. I wanna tell you about a few things. I know that you know, you're kind of standing up and stretching your legs, but uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna move into a time of prayer and worship. And so you might've come here alone. You might've come here and, and perhaps what it means to have a conversation with God this evening is for you to, for the first time in your life say, Jesus, I, I think you're real. I don't even know how to pray. I just, I think you're real. Or Jesus, I wanna turn my life to you. I, I want you to forgive my sins. I wanna be your son or your daughter. And maybe your, your prayer tonight that's so significant is salvation-based. And if that's you, you can do that right where you are, or you can go to the lights back here where, we, where you kind of entered, where those hanging lights are. There will be leaders there who will pray with you, who will guide you through a conversation like that. Maybe you're someone who's known Jesus and you've been building your life around the hype of, of camps and, and of youth ministry and, and good things, but the goal has been that. Our life has been built on that. And you feel this, this crying out in your soul that like, I need daily significant relationship with you, God. And I need to be a house of prayer. Not just this building, but I need to be a house of prayer. If that's you, you can, you can go to that same space and there'll be prayer response leaders right there. The other place that you can come is to the front. At Highland, we do a lot of movement in our response times. You can come right up to the front. There are altars right here. There's an altar over there. There's an altar over there. Come this way, come together, bring a friend, grab a roommate, grab a, a fraternity brother or sister, someone who you came with and just get on your knees and pray to the Lord. My challenge to you is that everyone in this room would have something to pray about over the next five minutes. So if you came here with a fraternity brother or sister, if you came here with a roommate, if you came here with your boyfriend or girlfriend, if you came here alone, I wanna just ask you, even right now, why don't you just find a person or two that you might begin to consider to pray and say, hey, who can I go to and pray with right now? Who can I pray for right now? Who can I intercede on behalf? Maybe I need to go to the back and, and get some specific prayer help tonight. Whatever you do right now is a time to respond. It's a time to repent, to say, Jesus, my life's been built on other things. So yeah, let's just pray to him now. Jesus, we repent that our house, the temple of our life, many of our churches could not be defined or have the nickname of house of prayer. Lord, and because of that, we haven't had daily significant relationship with you in a long time or perhaps ever. God, we have built a, a norms and, and faith around churches and around camps and around friendships and all these things, Lord. And, and we just wanna say that stops here tonight. Not that we can't have those things, but they will not come before a daily significant relationship with you through prayer, through listening, through the ministry of the word, God. So God, I ask for bold movers in this space. Move our hearts, but also move our legs. Move us to the altars at the front. Move us to the prayer leaders at the back by the lights. Move us towards one another to pray together. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. You have freedom to move in this place. Zigzag through wherever you need to go. Leaders, I wanna, I wanna ask you to lead tonight. Posture yourself before the Lord to move towards the altar, to move towards prayer, to pray at your table. Let's begin praying as we worship our Lord now.